Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Westman demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I am your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my brother, Wesley Buttstuff. Wesley Buttstuff. (laughs) Which, if I was gonna laugh, was the time I laughed in this movie. I mean, it's not like the most appropriate joke, but Channing Tatum delivered it so subtly and wonderfully. <laughs> I, li- I barked out loud on the airplane. So we're talking today about a movie from 2022, Sandra Bullock's Channing Tatum's Daniel Radcliffe's Brad Pitt's The Lost City. This is the perfect movie to have on the plane. <laughs> so this is a Sandra Bullock produced movie and in everything I saw talking about promoting this movie she talked a lot about the money and how when she wasn't shooting she was looking for more money and trying to get this movie made. It's got to be tough. And the special effects in the action, I guess to my point about it being a good plane movie wasn't central to the plot or wasn't necessary. I wasn't like, "Oh, I mean it was great except they they really dropped the ball on that volcano shot. It was fine because we didn't need it." It wasn't important necessarily. This whole movie is kind of, to use the words of one IMDb reviewer, silly by design. Yep, to be not important necessarily. It was clever and it was self-referential and witty and very aware of what it is and doesn't try to put on airs, which I think is very important. But, you know, it is pretty light. It's pretty much exactly what people want. Some just fun, disposable entertainment and just because it's light doesn't mean that it doesn't work on its own level in its own arena people want lighter fare because these are pretty dark times but at the same time movies in these dark times are desperate to be successful let's make a movie with a tangible return and maybe these kinds of crowd-pleasing movies that are fun and light are those things And yet, did The Lost City even get a theatrical bow? Yeah, it definitely did. I just don't think it was like, it was kind of a sleeper, but I'm pretty sure like Free Guy, maybe it's because they suffer from terrible titles. I think they're just not tracking super high profile because they don't feel terribly high profile. Maybe it didn't have a big weekend opening, but people are catching on and people are finding that The Lost City is actually quite fun. 
You remember the uh, the ArcLight? Oh, R.I.P. ArcLight. Mm. Um, and they had props and costumes and stuff in the lobby oftentimes. A weird thing happened down here in Irvine at the Spectrum at the Regal Theater, which is our biggest and best. They had a case with the Lost City, some of the wardrobe. I cannot remember without context if the sequined onesie was in there, but I was like, really? This is a thing? The Lost the lost City wardrobe? Okay. It's great wardrobe. I mean, <laughs> it plays for comedy and stuff. The point is that they were doing a promotional thing where it was the Lost City wardrobe in a case in the lobby of a theater in Irvine, California. I haven't been this excited about wardrobe in a movie in a long time. Why? It was just, it was perfect. The sequins onesie was just so ridiculous. And she sticks out like a sore thumb in the jungle, which is obviously the point. Dash's stuff was like, I just thought everything was so perfectly in character. When he got off the plane in Panama or wherever it was, that small South American airport, like that's exactly what that doofus would look like. Complete with the neck pillow and the AirPods and the eye pillow. And Daniel Radcliffe was was looking, you know, billionaire sharp in his D-Rad seersucker three-piece suit. You don't Beth, even know what that word means. I do. do. Seersucker. I have no idea. Oh, it's like the perfect summer fabric. It's like linen, but better. <laughs> and, and the Beth character was also perfectly dressed in her like book tour suit was gorgeous. She looked fabulous. And then similarly, have you noticed the millennial blazer, 90s blazer trend? Yeah, we talked about this before where the shoulder pads are making a resurgence. Yes, and the boxy kind of body style blazer is like all the rage and it was just like perfectly matched with that ridiculous leopard print bodysuit thing. Like she she was such a perfect millennial. And then of course Jack Trainer's hair with the little weaves and stuff. <laughs> and, and his like perfect stone vibration necklaces and stuff. Oh my god. He looked great. Why are you so handsome? Belaboring the wardrobe brings me to a couple of points that I'm eager to make. Number one, because the 80s are all the rage and the boxy, well, you said that the blazers were kind of 90s. I don't know. But this felt tonally consistent with its obvious reference. This movie was totally romancing the stone. And it was just, it, it was, it acknowledged all these emulations that this movie tries to achieve. It does so in full knowledge that we're aware. It's not trying to pull anything over on us. As much as, uh, Channing Tatum's character looks like Fabio. They they doesn't Daniel Radcliffe call him Fabio <laughs> at one point? They don't specifically mention romancing the stone, but it's pretty clear. I don't know if that movie exists in this universe, but the clothing looks appropriate for a late 80s, early 90s kind of vibe for these types of movies. It looks perfect and it doesn't look throwbacky or weird, except for the AirPods. I was gonna say and maybe Stephen Lang's villain outfit, but that was actually quite dated too. He was literally wearing a safari hat, wasn't he? <laughs> I think so. And a safari jacket. From like Eddie Bauer or something. Right. Wait, no. Who's the, is it, what's the out adventurer kind of gear? The khaki store? Tommy uh, Bahama. Yes. <laughs> and because this movie is all about the clothes and the 80s slash 90s movies that it tries to emulate, don't you think this is what mom would call a woman's movie? Oh, my God. You were totally tipping your hand when you texted mom on the family chat and you were like, Mom, you got to see The Lost City. Yep. If I'm renting The Lost City on Prime, then mom is going to watch it and she's going to enjoy it. She said, he was so cute. <laughs> he was Shane so Tatum, cute. His butt was so cute. <laughs> 
<laughs> we get a lot of butt. Did you? So you were on the plane. Did you see full Channing Tatum ass for like 45 seconds? Full butt. Watched it a couple times. So there wasn't a hair on that thing. They probably digitally removed the little pimples it and was, stuff. It was probably stunt butt. Well, whatever it was, it was a lot of butt. And Sandra Bullock claims she came face to face with his ding ding. And then it was like on their second day of filming and they barely knew each other. And he was like, okay, and took it all off. Well, he was wearing, he, I'm sure he was sporting like the modesty sock. Don't ruin the fantasy. <laughs> you're saying, <laughs> you're saying that Sandra Bullock's reaction was authentic? I don't know. And that was great dialogue too, where she like rambles on and doesn't say anything in a perfect mindless chatter. What are you going to say? That was like 60% of the screen full butt. The majority of the screen for the majority of, of a minute. Yeah, I'm not saying that Channing Tatum doesn't have a good butt, but I'd put my money on stunt butt. Okay, that's fine. It was a well-cast stunt bud. And so what I'm saying is that this movie is an action adventure, but obviously also a romantic comedy of sorts. But it's kind of every writer's fantasy. This idea that a writer would be in her stories and, and she has complete control and just could be like, I don't like this, delete. And then one day she gets too close in her research or whatever and embarks on this crazy, sexy, fun adventure. Where no one is really in peril? Like, did you, for a second in this movie, feel the stakes or the tension? No, absolutely not. But I feel like I'm learning a little bit about you in this moment. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Every writer's fantasy. Is this your fantasy? No. I mean, I'm saying for this being a woman's movie. This is like the, the female equivalent of a dude's, of Free Guy, of like a dude's video game movie or Ready Player One. This is totally that kind of movie. Like, this is Uncharted for chicks. Define woman's movie in mom's terms. Well, in mom's terms, which I can totally hear her saying, is a movie about about a woman for women, where in the Wonder World sense, the dude is butt naked, and the woman is, is sexy, but she's fully covered. And it's zany and fun and innuendo-y without being crass. The, the D exposed itself, just a tip, and, and ride the head, and all this stuff, all the sexual innuendo. It's like Tropic Thunder for women. You know how we know that this is a woman's movie? Because it's cute. None of the mercenaries, they, none of them were rapey, not even for a second. Hmm. They were like, we're here to do a job for which we are paid, and now we will leave you. Yeah, and she also makes fun of them, ruthlessly. Look at you with the G.I. Joe tone on tone. See, she even, like, disses his fashion. Like, he's wardrobed to be insulted. And she's the cleverest one, right? And she, and it's weird because we even, we made fun of everyone. Channing Tatum is obviously ridiculous in his male modelness, But even Daniel Radcliffe didn't escape. He's been striving to escape the Harry Potter thing forever. Hence the beard. And Beth was like, I thought he was a little boy, but he had a, he was a, he had a full on beard. <laughs> like that was a weird line for Daniel Radcliffe, right? Probably added in post. Oh, uh, do you see? Te Mom just texted. Nope. Mom texted Sandra Bullock. Will watch. <laughs> she'll definitely watch it, and she'll all be excited about it when I get there today. She loves Sandy, and Sandra Bullock is great in this, and I'm so impressed to see her behind the camera or to hear about her behind the camera work as a producer, as a PGA marked producer. And I understand that she not only championed this movie, but she also she also had it rejiggered to have a female lead and to have an empowered female lead, I think. And it was an interesting casting choice to go with Brad Pitt to kind of pit her between Channing Tatum and Brad Pitt. I mean, Sandra Bullock looks amazing, but she's like a full 15 years older than Channing Tatum. 
and Brad Pitt's a little older than her. And it was in- so it was interesting to pit her between these two in this momentary love triangle thing. But the movie never questions it. And I wonder if that's one of its blind spots in being very self-aware. Because the movie definitely assumes that the romance between Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum is completely a given. They have great chemistry, but it's not sexually charged. And I think that's in line with the tone of this film. But is it oversight not to address that there was, you know, a significant age gap between the two? Or is that part of the fantasy? It might be part of the fantasy, but I I also acknowledge that the sexual tension influences the power dynamic. She was definitely in charge. And while he, it was like uh, when Kelly Ray plays like Tomb Raider or something, and it's all fun and beautiful and stuff until the fight scenes happen. And she, then she hands me the controller when six dudes jump out with machine guns. Sandy's in control until it's time to fight and then Chang Tatum takes over. Or if there's explosions and murder, then Brad Pitt takes over. But it wasn't like she was the damsel in distress. You know what I mean? And so he couldn't find her in a moment of vulnerability and go in for the kiss. It was always a repartee and exchange and a careful dance. It was it was mutual. I mean, I guess it also speaks a little bit to Dash, to Alan's character, that Loretta is her, his, his dream girl, right? He's got, yeah. this, he's got the Stacey Butt stuffs, but he's like, wants substance and quality <laughs> and smarts. Well, for her personally, he's interested in in her on a personal, private level. But to all appearances, he is the dashing model Fabio type that women swoon over at every convention or at every every interview. And what would he want to do with a geriatric shut-in like uh, Loretta? Right. Which is what someone referred to her as. Right. Even she wasn't immune from it, you know, from from the the mocking quips. Yeah. Yep. He's super sweet and maybe he's got some, what was it? What's the term when you are attracted to intelligence? Sapien sexual. Sapien sexual tendencies. But let's talk about some of these action scenes because we know that Channing Tatum can throw down. Yeah, he's a dancer. He's got grace. He does the most ridiculous like karate inspired dance to Europe. Yeah. At his introduction, which is hilarious. I'm trying to think of a movie where he throws down. I think 21 Jump Street's probably not a good exa- good example. He's in G.I. Joe, for God's sake. Yeah, so we know he can throw down, and yet he's he's missing the gun handoff, and he's slapping the baddies. But yeah. Brad Pitt's introductory stunt was jaw-dropping <laughs> in this movie. Was that the, the fence jump? He hops the fence in one jump, in like one step. He lands on the dude. And flips him into a car. Brad Pitt throws down in this. There's some really great stunt work. You know, obviously because he's Brad Pitt. But spoiler, not going to name the movie. But he also gets unceremoniously shot in the head. Like pretty early on in another movie. And and so when he... I knew that he was out as far as the story. The narrative was concerned. He was dead. But I suspected he would come back. Because no one really dies in this movie. I'm sure the dudes who rode the motorbikes off the, the edge of the cliff. When they like hammocked the one guy. And he crashed it. They're fine, right? They they landed in the water and they crawled up on the beach. Probably. No one really died. Daniel Radcliffe didn't die. And I, I was confused. It was kind of a funny explanation. The idea of using 10% of your brain choice. So he just shifted to another a different 10%. <laughs> and he's got like the vague headscarf thing. And, and it was funny. And it was perfectly in keeping with this movie. He was the only real death. And then he didn't die. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As the only real death, it was shocking, and Channing Tatum's reaction was perfect. It wasn't even made a big thing. Like, it wasn't a dramatic reveal. He didn't come clawing his way into their yoga session all covered in blood. He was just there and clean <laughs> and relaxed. Yeah, he was, on, he was further unlocking the extra chambers of his brain. Not a dirty movie, not like in, in, in any sense of the word, not salacious. Well, no, there was full there was full nudity, but it's dude nudity. It's dudity, so it doesn't count. And butt nudity is always kind of funny. I guess. Well, especially dude butt nudity. Yeah. Dude butts are hilarious, says a devoted <laughs> Jackass fan. I'm kind of surprised that Channing Tatum wouldn't be in Jackass. He's probably too pretty, even though Brad Pitt was in Jackass. He was? When? He like insisted on doing stuff and they were like, please, Brad Pitt, don't get hurt. He was with them in like Tokyo and he was like a night panda and they what? were like, and he he got kidnapped in front of Pink's. I, I have no recollection of this, but Brad Pitt's kind of a dude, bro. That doesn't surprise yep. me. Like the fact that Brad Pitt became a very serious actor and producer. I'm not really sure what that says, but it's kind of surprising. Yeah. Well, I mean, he wasn't seriously considered for a while and then he kept chugging along and making serious movies. He's kind of like Matthew McConaughey. And he was like, oh, the romantic comedy guy or Brad Pitt's a good looking guy. And then he gets all like AIDSy and loses a bunch of weight and is a serious and has the reconnaissance. McConaughey. And then there's like the TMZ video or whatever of Brad Pitt and Matthew McConaughey finding that their rooms are right across from each other over like Bourbon Street or something in New Orleans. And they're like tossing beers back and forth to each other's balcony. Like they're definitely the same kind of dude. I guess it's a good mix for Hollywood, though. Good looking, talented. They're Channing Tatum adjacent. And Channing Tatum's just like the next the next generation. I mean, he's definitely considered him he's a serious actor but he's also a former male exotic dancer and (laughs) take it easy with serious actor but i like channing tatum he is kind of doofy to look at and he's vastly improved because of the wig i think it's the ears when it covers his little his little teacup ears it's funny he doesn't exactly do it for me but i think that he's got pretty good comic timing and in this role he was great when he did the selfie with the fan the adoring fan who's like dash dash and he does the duck lips it was so good (laughs) Channing Tatum is the Sandra Bullock of male actors. Uh, Well, then that means that they were perfectly cast in this. I think they were. I think everything about this movie was perfect in its lightness, and it was perfectly polished, and nothing was out of sight. I was like, oh, that didn't belong. Everybody, down to Daniel Radcliffe. And Brad Pitt is the obvious action hero. I think it was really well cast and really well done for what it was. Is Abigail a gender-neutral name? Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) Like unless it's unless he his friends call him abs or something, this movie definitely doesn't care. It was all about the fun, and the only thing I can fault this movie for is that the sound guy put the car skidding on asphalt while it was on the leaves and in the dirt. It went and like skidded out on the leaves. It was dumb, but on paper, I feel like this movie is perfect on paper. Like the dialogue was up to snuff. The action scenes were fine for what they were. It didn't the the special effects didn't annoy me or anything. And then on screen, I don't know how well the treasure was their love reads. 
not great. The Lost City was kind of a letdown. The Lost City itself. Oh, the fact that there wasn't a crown. This is like a Titanic syndrome where you're like, yeah. there should at least be an actual prize. It can't be like a hint of them. This was like the LaCroix of MacGuffins. What does that mean? I mean, technically, LaCroix is fruit flavored, but not really. It's just essence. Yes. This was the, <laughs> the essence of a MacGuffin. They didn't raid that tomb. She walked in. It was bathed in sunlight. After the car, the weakest plot point was the idea that they couldn't move that stone out of the way. It's like, use your leg muscles, Channing Tatum. You're Magic Mike. You'll be fine. If Harry Potter can push the stone out of the way from the top, you can with your legs. <laughs> yeah, he's got some rocking quads. We talked about how it's great for the genre. It's this wonderful romantic comedy slash action adventure movie. The casting is great. The wardrobe is fantastic. On paper, on paper and on screen, the script reads well. You can just see the action, right? You know, Jack Trainer pushes the wheelbarrow and she's precariously perched on her on her rickety chair as Dash carries her one foot in a stiletto as explosions erupt behind them. Like you can just see how it, how it's like ridiculously scripted and, and you can see how it would come to life on, on the screen. They all assert that was a single take. And it was amazing. And Sandra Bullock's reaction is perfect. <laughs> Where she's like, Oh my God, like what's happening. But I think that the reason that this movie is as big a success as it is, and I'm not talking box office, I'm, ter- I'm talking in terms of just working, is because all of the characters are really sweet. And they're consistently sweet throughout. They're totally rationalizing the motorbike fall for the two bad guys because they just can't get over the fact that they killed people. Um, and to your point, I'm sure the bad guys are fine and they crawled up on the beach somewhere. But like they're so remorseful about it and they're justifying it and they're rationalizing it away because they can't sit with the guilt because they're good people. And Channing Tatum's whole motivation, Dash's whole motivation for going on the rescue mission is so that he could apologize for calling her a human mummy. Like you could, he's just racked with guilt for having seen, said this mean stuff. And Brad Pitt is not so much a mercenary. Like he's qualified to do this mission. And if it doesn't succeed, he's going to give you the next rescue free. <laughs> but he definitely, if he didn't kill people, he definitely hurt people. But then he got his comeuppance for that. Exactly. But he also did it for good reasons. So you can kind of justify it. Like Angela is over the top apologetic about kicking over that ashtray or whatever it was. And even the little kitten or dog scrape when she's trying to get rid of the sand is like so hilarious. But she's like, she feels bad. I'm not a litterer. They're good people. And I think that that makes them just so likable and keeps this movie light and polite and really fun. How did you feel about the adventures of Beth? You know, Beth's not going to leave her author hanging. (laughs) She's going to don her lavender suit or at one point she's wearing white. I think at the end she's like wearing like a full-on white outfit. Isn't that a safari outfit? Isn't that like what you wear on safari? I, I guess so. I mean, especially if you're a book agent. She's so great. She's so supportive. Her um, supportive gestures in the wings during the book tour show were just amazing. Like she's like all encouraging, like go on, smile. smile. And then <laughs> And then she's like, oh no, what's going on? Like Beth is really great. I thought Divine Joy Randolph, her comic timing was perfect. I don't remember her in Dolomite is my name. 
or where I've seen her before, but she was great. Uh, this is definitely the female Tropic Thunder, like skewed toward female viewers. Uh, the Beth character was exactly Matthew McConaughey's character, who isn't quite sure what's going on, but it's gonna is gonna be there on on behalf of her client. And doesn't ultimately actually do anything to further the, the plot or to save them. All she does is show up at the right time with the boat. And actually rescues Daniel Radcliffe to save our, our villain from being killed. Yeah, they <laughs> took away his bullets and gave him back his gun. And told him to be nice next time. <laughs> right. And return to whatever other scheme, raising the Titanic or whatever else he had on his agenda. And like Uncharted, it had the... <laughs> I'm telling you, these days to find a treasure, you just have to push a button that no one's pushed before and it opens the door like National Treasure style to to the treasure. All you have to do is crawl into the thing that no one else had... Like that little underwater thing with the blue light emanating from it. No one in 500 years of history or whatever has gone through that hole. And all you have to do is crawl through the little thing and it's like a portal to Narnia. And yet it's outside and has a gigantic cascading waterfall that no one's ever seen. You could have flown a drone <laughs> over that mountain to discover the lost city. In the case of Uncharted, there's like three pirate ships. Right. All bathed in sunlight from the open hole above in the rocks <laughs> that no one's discovered. I'm telling you, on paper, on screen for the, for the 2020s, this is exactly the action adventure movie that we want. Treasure hunting movie. Treasure was their love. Give me a break. So given what The Lost City is, what is your rating? Uh, for what it is, it's definitely an all right movie. It was fun to watch. I didn't laugh at all. Probably not even for the butt stuff as much as I appreciated that joke. It was one of those, you know, we're in inappropriate outfits, but it is appropriate when we can stop down and where we're being chased and take a minute to dance. It's one of those kinds of movies, man. And I completely glossed over it in the theater. And we heard about it, it was like The Lost City, Sandra Bochan Tatum. Okay, so that's going to be a comedy. It's supposed to be funny, but it also looks terrible. This movie's saving grace was its screenplay and its dialogue and the fact that they didn't shy away from being self-referential or aware movie knew exactly what it was and it executed a thing and I think did it very well. I'm not sure that it moves anything forward, but it's like she's like, I always wanted to do like a jungle romancing the stone type adventure comedy. And Chang Tatum's like, me too. And so they did it and uh, and did it well as best they could. But uh, I don't imagine that it will like if someone was like, this is my favorite movie of all. That's probably a red flag, right? <laughs> Like on a dating profile, if I was like, favorite movie, Lost City, I'd be like, oh. But of all the movies to watch in this day and age, it was a fine one to watch. It was a fun one to watch. Everybody looks great, and the movie looked great, and the movie was funny and quippy, and I didn't laugh once. It was an all right movie. Perfect for a plane. When he brings her the boots, and he's like, I thought your feet might hurt after being in those heels. And they're like four-inch heel boots. Right. They're just chunky heels. He's so sweet. They're all so sweet. This is sweet. a perfect movie. If you're gonna, if your rating system, as yours is, is boring or good, this is a perfectly good movie. Which makes somehow your all right ratings unsatisfying. Come on, you can't justify a total like. Does everybody needs to on go on its and own rent? grounds? Look, this is a <laughs> this is a totally plain movie. <laughs> all right, I'll take it. A totally plain slash all right from Wes. And a good from Iris. This is our discussion on The Lost City, the sleeper hit from 2022, available on VOD, starring Shan Shanning, Sandra, Sandy, and Channing, and Brad, and Daniel Chandy. Radcliffe. Chandy. 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 Chandy and Channing and Braddy and, and Danny. And Danny. 
(laughs) We hope that you enjoyed our discussion and that you can also enjoy 200 more at orwhatevermovies.com. Please follow us on social media. Please subscribe to our podcast and please hit us up 818-835-0473 or whatevermovies at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we have a very exciting themed month coming up in August. So stay tuned. It's kind of like um, James Cameron month, but different. So check it out. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electrocast. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electrocast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Ravelson. We're the founders of Electrocast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electrocast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to electrocast.com and join our community today. Electrocast. Transform your influence. Electrocast.